What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. In this week's episode, which happens to be episode number 102, uh, I am going to be talking about what is holding you back as a property investor or a real estate investor. Before I do, i got to just remind you, last week I was speaking with Sam Liebman. Sam has written a book on the difference between being street smart and Harvard smart when it comes to real estate and all that. So that is episode 101. Go back and check that one out if you want. And do remember that these are all now in video uploaded to the new YouTube channel Behind the Facade. So this week, as I mentioned, I am going to be exploring what is holding you back as a real estate or property investor. Now, since I started this podcast, as you would imagine, I get quite a lot of questions from listeners. They're asking me for all sorts of advice, and I, and I do love to get the questions, so keep them coming. Uh, a lot of the time, it's how do I get started as an investor? I get that quite a lot from um, young people and uh, like students and stuff and uh, people in college and people who just want to get started nice and early and they just don't know where to start. A lot of the time, I also get a question on, you know, what books should I study? What courses should I do? All of this kind of stuff. But it's not always a lack of knowledge that is holding you back. Sometimes it is self-limiting beliefs. And if you go back a couple of episodes, I was speaking to a chap called Neil Timmons. And Neil is based over in the, U in, uh, the US. And like he's, you know, a guy with tons of experience, was a big broker in real estate, selling lots and lots of property every year. And yet he wouldn't sing buy a single property himself until he was much older in life. And when I asked him what held him back, it was literally his own self-limiting beliefs. He just never got around to doing it. And so this is something that I'm going to focus on today. And oh, the whole mindset, this like it is so important, your mindset when it comes to being a, an investor of any type. Your mindset is critical, and that is why I focus on the mindset so often in this podcast. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. Let's get into the show. You are listening to Behind the Facade, and I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher. On this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. All right, guys, before I get into today's show, just want to give you a couple of updates. We are into April. As I'm recording this, it is the 2nd of April. So that makes it the first week of Q2, quarter two, 2022. And it's always good practice. Well, certainly in, in you know, I believe it's good practice to review your previous quarter. I like to look at things in a kind of quarterly fashion and I kind of make plans for the next three months, I'm going to achieve the following things. So I like to review at the end of that, I like to sit down and review you know, what has happened in the three months that has just passed, what, what has happened that was good, what has happened that was bad. And also then I look at what I've, I achieved and I compare that against the plan that I set for myself. Why do I do this? Well, to give a simple answer, what gets measured gets improved. And you can't really improve things if you're not actually measuring them. So it's always a good habit to kind of get into. And so what has happened in the last three months? Well, the good news is that uh, 
COVID restrictions came to an end. And uh, that, that was great news. It was great to see, you know, we, we don't have to wear masks anymore and all of that kind of stuff. But COVID is now absolutely rampant. And I can tell you because I spent the last week isolating. My wife and my daughter both caught COVID. Five or six of the children in my daughter's class and school have COVID. And so because my wife had it, I had to stay home. and didn't want to kind of bring it into the work and possibly spread it in the work. And so uh, pretty much everybody I know, when I was telling people that I was working from home, everyone was saying, yeah, I've got it or my child has it or my, my, my nephew has it. And so it is absolutely rampant at the moment. And the only saving grace, I guess, is that it, this Omicron variant is not that serious or it doesn't seem to be that serious. What else has happened? Well, as you guys know, on a personal level, I have gotten married in the last three months. And so that is great news. But that was kind of interrupted then a few days later by the news around Ukraine and the invasion by Russia. And that is like uh, as bad as you can get. And it's absolutely tragic. And I am you know, personally convinced there are war crimes going on there. I've been, I actually have to stop myself from this doom scrolling on the, on the phone and stuff. But I watch, uh, you know, videos of from BBC and all these places. And I mean, it's is graphic videos of, you know, the what's happened and stuff. And it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. So my heart goes out to all of the people out there, the, the civilians that are trying to escape the danger and they're being like shot at and stuff like that. It's really awful. Economically, what has happened? Well, as if you go back a couple of, you know, if you go back to sometime in probably November or something, I think I did an episode on the risks, the global risks that could impact the economy. And as was predicted when I did that, which it talked about a stock market fall as a risk. And that sure enough, that has happened. If you've watched the stock market over the last three months, it's been gyrating like crazy and a lot of people have bailed out and then bailed back in and then bailed out again and stuff. It's it's like a roller coaster. Rising inflation is another thing that is really it's 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 suddenly people are recognizing like the central banks around the world are suddenly going, oh, we have a major problem here. And that was already going to be a problem before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And what's happened now is inflation is starting to rise. That is now pushing up interest rates. And already the US has put in a, an interest rate rise. The UK has put in an interest rate rise. And I think the ECB won't be long before that happens as well. So we're all going to start seeing our mortgage rates increase. And what's probably more impactful, it hasn't happened yet, but in my view, it's pretty much certain to happen is, uh, well, look, this is my own personal view, but I think Russia is going to cut off gas to Europe. I think it wants to lash out and um, and sort of make people pay for the sanctions. And so Vladimir Putin put out the notice the other day that all gas now has to be paid for in rubles. And Germany and France have turned around and said, sorry, we're not paying in rubles. We're going to continue to pay as we agreed in dollars. And I don't think he's going to accept that. And so we'll have to wait and see. But if there is that cutoff, then you were looking at almost guaranteed recession in Europe and um, well certainly in Germany and so some of those really big economies like the amount of gas that they use for plastics for all sorts of industry it's needed for hospitals it's needed for like the entire economy basically is run I think Germany in particular needs 40% of its energy energy usage comes from 
Russian gas. And so if they cut that off, they're going to have to really cut back and they're have to going to ration gas. And there's all sorts of tiers of what's important. So they're saying like hospitals and things like that will obviously be the most important to heat and probably schools and things like that. But heavy industry and stuff, that will not get the priority that hospitals and stuff get. So there's going to possibly be a reduction in the output and then that could lead to job losses and there could be all sorts of stuff that could trigger a recession. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that we're all going to have to start wondering whether we can heat our homes because thankfully we're heading into the summer but it depends on how this thing how long this thing lasts for but you could be looking at next winter if this thing is still going that we actually have limited amounts of gas coming on another thing that i like to review as i mentioned just a moment ago was that i like to you know just go over my plans what i had planned to do in the quarter and what i've achieved during the quarter and i compare it and see how am i doing am i over ambitious or am i you know under shooting it and so what have i achieved well I, I restructured my mastermind and anyone who's been paying attention to the different stuff that i do i had a 12 month mastermind program i have now restructured that and i've made it into a 6 month program much much more focused I might talk a little bit about that later in the show and i've also created what i'm calling the property investor readiness test now that is not it probably takes you as long to read that title as it does to actually complete the questionnaire it's like three or four minutes it's 20 questions and uh, by the way there is a link in the show notes if you'd like to give that a little try it's really just kind of a curiosity like what if you answer these questions it gives you a score and the score will tell you where you um, where you are in terms of being ready to get into property or not and you know it's not particularly scientific it's just my own little curiosity test and lastly i have restarted my weekly property investor roundtable now anyone who was paying attention last year i was doing this towards the end of last year and it is basically a, a one hour free investor coaching session that i do over zoom it includes a kind of a weekly topic and it has a q a at the end and a lot of people ask different questions about you know property deals and things like that so it's really just it's a little time with me you know you're welcome to join it i will put a link in the show notes below but you just pre-register by clicking on a link and it'll bring you through to a page and then you can join. I will be putting the recordings for that in on my YouTube channel. You can watch it there, but if you would like to actually participate and ask a question, then you need to go into the live. So you need to actually join the Zoom call to ask the questions. One more thing, um, and that is really just a quick shout out to Brian. Now, Brian sent me a message during the week. He likes listening to the podcast while he's driving through the night for work. And so Brian, Hope you're driving safely there. And if you're listening to this now, thank you for your message. Let's get into the topic for today. So first of all, I want to, I actually mentioned this a little while back on a question. I think it was probably the one with Sam Liebman. And I asked, are you a gambler or an analyst? And in the context of what is holding you back, you often need to start with that question because there is a gambler in us all and there's an analyst in us all but you usually swing one way or another. There's that spectrum. On one end of the spectrum is the gambler, and on the other end of the spectrum is the analyst. And the gambler loves to just act quickly, put the money down, buy a deal, pay for something, buy whatever it is. And then there's the other end of the spectrum is the analyst, the guy that'll sit there and will sort of scratch his head and think about it and look at every possible scenario and consider 
what if I what if this goes wrong and what if that goes wrong and what if I've got the timing wrong and all this and they will analyze a deal to death and they will go nowhere usually they will have what's known as paralysis by analysis and that is where they just can't make a decision because they've got too many scenarios and so they, they just find themselves in this sort of indecisive situation now one extreme or the other both are bad if you're stuck in the gambler side you're throwing caution to the wind you're just buying whatever you're buying that is a bad way to be but on the other hand if you're the guy that analyzes and you never do anything because you're always kind of in that indecisive situation well that that's no good so you got to find some sort of balance in between that's something first of all to just do in your own analysis of your mindset this is something that I think it's always a good idea to sit down and just take out a pen and paper and just think to yourself, you know, look at scenarios where you have bought something. Have you bought, uh, you know, have you made big investments? Have you done them very quickly and went on to regret it? Or have you never bought anything and then you always regret that you didn't buy it because you've now seen somebody else bought it and the price has risen or whatever. And so if you look back over the last number of years, and the last number of purchases, you probably will see a little pattern there. And it's a good idea just to do those little reviews. But try to, if you're in one extreme or the other, then try to move back towards the middle of the spectrum, we'll say. Finding that balance is key. Now, there are a couple of mindset tests that I like to introduce whenever we're talking about what is holding you back. And this is something that I talked about actually on that training call during the week, what I call my property investor roundtables. This test is the three C's test. And the three C's that I believe hold a lot of people back are capability, concern and confidence. So when it comes to capability, if you lack experience or lack knowledge in any shape or form, you are often going to just be too scared to make a decision or to kind of take an act. And what you've got to remember is that nobody was born an investor. And it's, you know, it's a real marathon. Every marathon begins with your first step. So what you've got to understand is becoming a property investor is not this day that you become a property investor. It's kind of a journey that you start out and you take your first step and you're going to be kind of cautious and stuff. And the first deal you'll do is small. It's whatever you think, you know, you feel comfortable to do. And you gradually build confidence and you start getting bigger and bigger and you add more deals to it and stuff. And that's how it goes, generally speaking. But every journey starts with that very first step. And you have to remember that no one was born an investor. And I think, who is it, Rob Moore? Somebody said that every master started as a disaster. So that is something to kind of bear in mind. But the solution to overcoming that is obviously doing some form of training, doing, you know, getting practice in, whether it's working for somebody who is in the sector and sort of becoming an intern. I mean, this obviously depends on your age or whatever. There's also books you can read, videos you can watch. There's all these ways you can educate yourself. But usually you got to actually take some action to put it into practice. And that's the best way. But starts with some form of training. And that's where mentoring and coaching can be a good way to learn. The next C of the three C's is concern. Now, there is a lot of people that what is holding them back is not the capability. They have the capability, but it is the concern. Um, and this is, comes down to what we talked about, the analyst side of people's personality. If you are a person who has concern, perhaps you're 
you've got the perception that the market has peaked or you're you know so you could decide that you're going to sit on the sidelines and you're just going to wait for the crash to come now i can tell you over the years i have experienced a, that emotion like having gone through the 2008 crash seeing what happened and stuff it does leave you quite scarred when you experience that and you kind of suffer and so there have been times over the last say 10 years when the market has been going you know up and up and i was chasing deals at a certain price and suddenly the the, the prices have jumped and you you get this perception in your mind you kind of say you know what the market is, has actually topped out has peaked and i am going to step back now and i'm going to wait for it to crash and now thankfully i didn't wait too long because the reality is is five years on that is still hasn't happened it hasn't reached its peak and five years you're just sitting on the sidelines that is obviously a long time and a lot of opportunity has been missed so you just have to be careful that you don't come up with these perceptions that you know a lot of this is down to cognitive bias and understanding how cognitive bias can impact your decision making now as you guys know if you're listening for a long time you know that i've done two full episodes on cognitive bias and i wish i could tell you what ones they are right now but i'll leave it in the show notes uh, so that you can find them easily but that is a solution definitely is understanding cognitive bias and understanding when you are falling foul of that kind of perception as opposed to what is actually happening and the solution to kind of overcome this concern bias and this um what the, you know this barrier that's holding you back the solution is to get into this discipline of doing sober deal analysis just every single deal like keep looking at deals this is the key to it is you keep going out you keep looking at deals you don't buy unless the deals stack up financially and you run sober financial analysis over them the big mistakes that I saw in 2008 were when people were doing these financial analysis and the deal didn't stack up on paper, but what they would do is they would make this assumption that, well, you know, the market is growing at 20% a year, so I'm going to imply two years from now there's going to be another 20%, maybe another 30% of growth on the property. And so it will make sense in two years' time. And once you start getting into that stuff, you're just, you're finished because you're going to make a mistake and that is as bad as sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing so just sober financial analysis is the way to kind of get around that and then the third c is the confidence c and what i say is confidence comes from competence and um, your competence is related to the first two c's that i mentioned already and you know the solution is understanding the whole process of the property investment journey that you go through like once you understand how to analyze a deal once you understand how it works with financing once you understand all of this kind of stuff it becomes very very easy you become very confident in fact you can become a little bit cocky which that's where discipline comes in and you have to kind of hold yourself back a little bit of the time and decide that no i'm going to go through the discipline i'm going to do the analysis i'm not going to make these gut moves as, as I had done in the past and I've made some big mistakes by doing that. You just have to be quite disciplined and be patient and the deals will come to you. But nothing beats experience. And the only way you're going to get experience is to actually go out there and you know make some mistakes. It is inevitable that you will make the odd mistake. 
but it um, it is definitely worth your while to get started because as i said this before timing the market is almost impossible but time in the market is going to stand to you if you like i bought a property back in my first property i bought in 1993 and i think i paid 80 i paid 79000 for it i think it was maybe 80 but um Fast forward to, I think it was around 2017 or something like that. I sold that property and I think I sold it for 750000 So it had grown by 10x in, in that period of time. Now, during that period, it went through ups and downs. There was times when it was worth more and there was times when it was worth less. But over time, it does grow. And so time holding the asset is actually what stands to you. As long as you get the financing right and you're not sort of cash flow strapped. That's the uh, topic there, guys. I thought I would just give you a very quick overview of the two new programs that I've created. Now, those of you who are not interested, you can switch off now. But these two new programs, if, you're, if you'll just bear with me for another two or three minutes, I will just give you a very quick overview. The Elite Property Accelerator, as I call it, I've created the two programs now. It used to be one program that lasted 12 months. That was my mastermind. But I've now created a six-week foundation course and I've created a six-month accelerator program. One is for novice investors. So if you were out there and you want to get started and you're one of those people who text me, you know, how do I get started? What should I do? All of that kind of stuff. If you're one of those guys and you would like to know how to get started and you want to get sort of the mind ready to buy your first property, then that six-week foundation course is for you. Reach out to me, you know, join the Behind the Facade community. And when you join the Behind the Facade community, I can send you all of that information. You'll be directly connected into me. From zero to your first property is basically what I'm saying. And what I'll be doing is giving you the confidence to know what you're doing, but not the overwhelm of taking on too much information. It's quite focused on those six weeks, the six sort of micro modules that you do over six weeks and that curriculum will get you from zero to buying your first property. Um, Different things you'll be dealing with, fundamentals, risk and reward, financial analysis, the basics, debt and financing, how, why and where we get uh, debt from, finding and negotiating a deal, Uh, we talk about asset selection and negotiation, things like that, and then preparing for your first deal, that first transaction, the all-important deal that gets you started as a property investor. Now, talking about the six-month accelerator program, this is aimed at the more intermediate investor, somebody who already owns or has owned property in the past and would like to either start again or start to scale what they have already done. The idea of this course is to really educate you on how to build a portfolio and how to find and recruit investors. There's a whole process to, you know, getting in front of investors and convincing them to go and put money into a deal or whatever. And that the program takes you through all of those. So there are four core modules. Each one lasts for six weeks. And uh, the first one is the roadmap where you establish your strategy. The second one is the financial analysis, which is much more detailed than obviously the foundation program. The third sprint, as I call them, each module is called a sprint for six weeks. And that third sprint is portfolio build, where you just will go into all the detail you need to know to build a portfolio. And then the fourth one is the investor pitch, and that is how to go about recruiting investors. And 
that there is the end of the six month. Now, the benefit of doing these courses is live weekly coaching with myself, access to an online video platform with lots of additional information, an in-person meetup every six weeks. And uh, there is a new intake. So I'm taking on new uh, members to these uh, to this program every seven weeks. So if you would like to learn more about that, be sure to reach out through the Facebook group or through DMs or whatever. And just ask me, say, look, I'd like to get some information on that and I'll be happy to just bounce you back info on it. So that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. It's a short enough one. Talk to you next week. Hey guys, it's me again. Quick favor before you go, if you could take a moment to just leave a quick review over on iTunes, or indeed if you are watching this on YouTube, please just like it and leave a comment below. If you do have any questions or topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes, leave a comment, join the Facebook group. Alternatively, send me a DM uh, via social media. And as you guys know, my handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. And don't forget to check out that link to the property investor readiness test down in the show notes. Right. So guys, that's it. I hope you are going to have an awesome week and we shall catch you all next week.